joint effort uh, from EPRO and the Mainly M&M show. So, uh, yeah, we've got a good show today. We're going to get in contact with some of our co-hosts, first of all. Um, so if you just bear with us a couple of seconds. Uh, Blake, can you hear me? Can you loud and clear, Philip? Fantastic. Ross, how are you? Not too bad, mate. I'm good, I'm good. And Jamie? Yes, lads. What's happening? Excellent. So we'll we'll start off. Obviously, it is Eminem's fiftieth birthday, so seventeenth of October, nineteen seventy-two. So this is a show just to, you know, pay homage to him, uh, talk about his career, uh, talk about things that have gone on uh, in the past, uh, and then possible things uh, in the future as well. Um, so first of all, we'll talk about how how he's all became fans of Eminem. So we'll start off yourself, Ross, if you can uh, just tell us how how it came about, what year it was, what album or what single it was that, that got you into him. Yeah, so I mean it wasn't actually it was actually a curtain call because I was I was quite young and my dad had it in his car and uh, I used to see him on a Saturday and he used to have this like wallet in his car for the CDs and I always used to look for the curtain call disc, but he always used to make sure he, I, I never heard the first song, obviously being fact. <laughs> I was not old enough, so but yeah, that's, I couldn't probably tell you. I'm gonna say, well, it would have been after curtain call, really. So I was only about nine, maybe eight. And the same yourself, Blake, as well. What what year did you get into Eminem's music? Um, well, the first time I remember hearing it was in the height of well, sort of the height of his uh, Jar Rule beef. Um, the first song I remember listening to was Go to Sleep, uh, obviously from the Cradle to the Grave soundtrack. And obviously at the time I was very young, so me me mum and dad didn't really want me listening to it, even though I memorised all the words. They didn't really want me listening to it. Um, so then when I was a little bit older, again, s- s- similar to Ross when Curtain Call sort of came out, uh, that's... Well, around curtain call, a little bit after that, that's when I really started getting into it. Excellent. No, that's good. So, yeah, my story behind it was November, I think it was November 2000, and the stand had just been officially released as a single. And, yeah, my dad bought me the, the CD single at the time, and then I got the Marshall Manners LP uh, for my Christmas. So that just kind of spun spun on from them and and then two years later the Eminem show came out and yeah I've been I've been a huge fan ever since so we're going to try and get some some people on to speak uh, we do have a couple of special guests uh, joining us as well so I'm just going to try and get through to a couple of you so I have sent uh, some requests for you to come on uh, Lazarus can you hear me yo yo one two what's good with you I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm doing blessed, man. Just uh, in between hospitals right now, you know, doing the doctor gig. Yeah, yeah, man. I understand you're you're a busy man, so it's appreciated. So we'll we'll just keep it, uh, you know, quite 
quick and simple. Uh, just want just want to know from yourself. Um, obviously, coming from Detroit yourself, yeah. when did you when did you first hear Eminem? Was it before he became in the mainstream, or was it back in underground days, or was it just through through growing up in Detroit? Yeah, I mean, growing up in Detroit, um, I had actually heard about him before he blew up and um you know me being a, a underground mc and just kind of like you know i've been i've been doing this since the late 90s when i was in high school so just to see like when he when he actually came out and started getting that notoriety was just you know it was just incredibly inspirational uh for me because hip-hop was like a passion of mine and when i seen you know his record uh role model that's when i really really like became engrossly like a fan of, of what he was doing. And I just kind of like built from that, you know, at, as I grew up, you know, I grew up, you know, I was in a studio. I, I was mentored by Royce to five, nine, um, by, by D 12. When I used to battle like eight mile style at, at the shelter, the magic stick, different spots in Detroit, um, proof used to judge me. Um, Swifty, um, Swifty used to be a judge. So it was like, you know, seeing that whole movement, the D12 movement that came about <clears throat> M coming and bringing Detroit, really stamping Detroit on the world map um, to the levels that has never, ever been done for, for our city um, was remarkable, mm -hmm. man. And so I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I just feel like it's such a blessing to our city um, to have um, Eminem representing, you know, pure hip hop, true lyrical hip hop at the forefront, you know, um, and just letting the whole world know that this is what's De this is what Detroit is made of, and that's uh, very very proud of that man. Very very proud. Yeah. That's a great great story about uh, D12 as well. So yeah, when you were just coming up in the late nineties, I take it there was a lot a lot of rappers going to the shelter as well. So there was quite a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of places. There was the Lush Lounge, the Shelter, the Magic Stick, um, Alvin's. I mean, there were so many different spots where um, MCs would come and battle each other. It was a different... Um, nowadays, it's not really as focused on that. Even with the battle market, it's different now than what it used to be. It used to be like they put a beat on and you freestyle, just like you see in 8 Mile. It's like that you just freestyle um, over a beat. It's not a cappella. And that's what mm -hmm. I came up on as a battle rapper. And I was in college at the time. So, you know, I was a university and... And just watching, um, you know, D12 just boom, uh, blooming all over the world. Um, and then, you know, the beautiful thing is, like, then Proof would come back and then he'd be in the city interacting with all the underground MCs um, and just nurturing that relationship. It was just uh, it was just awesome to see because New York is really where hip hop always had. It's, it's, it, it still is the mecca of hip hop as far as MCs. Mm -hmm. But to have yep. Eminem and D12 really push Detroit on the map the way they did. Um, really opened doors for for many countless MCs from the city. Excellent. What what was proof like to like if you were there? Was was he sort of like nurturing the talent to try and get people to? Yeah, he was. Um, he was a mediator. He was a bridge. Like you know, he he would be on stages in front of the largest crowds with with Eminem. But then when he came back to Detroit, he actually had the he took the time to listen to the underground MCs and actually nurtured them and actually gave them advice and feedback like he he was he was a he was a blessed individual because he actually devoted that kind of um commitment to the underground he really cared about it it wasn't just like okay i'm on the road and i'm traveling the world he actually came back and said you know what let me see what kind of what kind of mcs what they're doing out here in detroit and he actually cared um and and that was a beautiful thing man and i got that from all the other members too man swifty shout out to swifty Caniva. um bizarre i mean these guys always looked out for the mcs in detroit man to this day yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, speaking about 
Eminem's music. You know, you mentioned Role Model as well, being like one of the tracks that you, you'd first heard. Uh, do you have a favorite album if you were to, you know, to um, choose? I would I would say the album that that hit me the most. I mean, I'm a fan of all this, even like you know nowadays people say like you know I, I like the I like all the Eminems because he's so technically proficient that I'm always learning from the way that you know he's he's putting his words and rhymes together because he nobody does it like that. So it's always just like a great thing to experience no matter what. But personally, I think my favorite album, um, just from a listening experience from beginning to end, will probably be the Marshall Mathers LP. Because the story and the narrative that's that's there, it was just so impactful, especially during that time. Mm-hmm. No, quite right, quite right. And you said that you've um, you've also you know you've collaborated with Royce uh, in the yeah. past as well. What, what's he like to work with? Yeah, um, Royce the Five Nine. I actually, um, you know, we used to record at the same studio together with a mutual engineer. His name's Ivy Duncan. So I would be in there and always learning from him, man. And he would always be giving me guidance and and things like that. Um, We've worked on numerous records before. I'm actually working on a record with him as we speak. Um, we're actually working on something like it was just a couple of days ago. So I got a new project coming out. Um, it's got Royce on there. It's got D12 on there um, that I'm I'm really excited about. But Royce is uh, to answer your question. Royce is uh is 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 just he's he's the top tier top tier MC. I mean I I think he's one of the greatest MCs on the planet right now. Uh, yeah, along with, along with him, I mean it's just. So much to learn. There's so much to soak in. No, absolutely. Um, so, Lauren, listen, I won't keep you long, but just a final question. Um, what are you looking forward to seeing from Eminem in the future? Um, of course, we've got the, the Rock, and Roll, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, induction. congratulations to that. And, um, you know, happy 50th birthday. You know, it, it, it's, um, you know, in hip-hop, you have rappers that come in and they have their time. You know, they come in for like a few years and they and they create a mark. And then, you know, when you see somebody who, who withstands the then you know, when you see somebody who, who withstands the test of time, like like Eminem has, like Tech Nine, even like I was talking to Tech Nine and, and he's fifty now. So it's like to be fifty years old mm-hmm. and to still be on top of your game, to still be on top of your pen game and and, and second to none with, with the way you put your words together. That's inspirational to me because that people always say, oh, there's an age limit on hip hop. Nah, there ain't no age limit. Like you could be like I could see M being 60 and out rapping everybody in their 20s. So that's inspiration. That's inspirational, man. That's like Floyd Mayweather stuff right there. Yeah, because you see like even recently uh, Paul McCartney, he headlined Glastonbury over in the UK and like he's 80 years of age. So like, yeah, there generally is no age limit in music just now. It's just how you feel and, and I think absolutely if Eminem wants to, he could definitely go on for another five, ten years easily. Yeah, I don't think there's to be honest, I don't think there's a limit. I think I think Eminem is so passionate about hip hop that I don't think I don't think he'll ever retire. I don't think he's ever gonna wanna stop. I mean, I just you could hear it. Every time you hear that, brother, you know, he's always he always sounds like he's got all this um gas in his in his fuel tank. It just it's it's yeah. just not going away. <laughs> So, so it's beautiful, just, you know, man. Um, much love and respect to to M. Much love and respect to everybody from Detroit. Shout out to Nathan Mathers. You know that's my brother right there, man. Yeah. Shout out to um the whole D12 squad, Royster Five Nine, all the MCs in Detroit, man. Um, Detroit versus every. That's what we say, man. Detroit versus everybody, because we're always pitted against everybody. We're like the underdog, 
And, yeah. we, you know, just to show that, hey, look, this is what we got. This is where we come from, the murder capital. And we, we throw it down. And, like, me, I'm, like, I'm a doctor, but hip-hop is my passion. And, and when I see rappers like M and Tech and these guys, like, rapping in their 50s, I'm like, shit, I'm going to rap till I'm 70, 80, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Now, listen, thank you very much for joining for us. For sure. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Doing... I appreciate all you guys do, man. You guys are a great site, man. I, I follow you guys heavy. Thanks. Well, we're also doing, we've got um, a show called the Mainly Eminem show that's on Spotify as well. So uh, if you're up for it in the future, we'll, we'll reach out to you and we'll get you on for a, a proper in-depth conversation. Sounds good, man. Salute, guys. Happy birthday, uh, Eminem. 50 years old. Still killing, still get killing the whole game. Thank you very much, Lazarus. Cheers. All right, peace. So thank you very much to Lazarus for that. We now have uh, another special guest coming on. We have Lone Star Music. Um, who has collaborated on two occasions with Eminem and we're just connecting to him. So just bear with us, please. Lone Star, how are you? Yo, yo, what's going on? I'm good, man, I'm good. I, f- I feel like we've recently spoke to each other. Of course, we've done the, the Kamikaze show. Yes, sir, on, yes, sir. Uh, the, the podcast, and uh, as it stands just now, it is our highest viewed episode, so we do need to... Shout out to yourself for that because you helped. You definitely helped get the views. Man, that's, that that's super dope, man. It was an honor, bro. No, it was good. And it was really, really good to just, you know, find out what you said about, you know, the beginnings of normal. So for those that might have not tuned in for that show, if you could uh, just give us a little glimpse of um, how how the track normal came about. Yeah, man. Um, Like I said, man, it's, it's, it's definitely uh... – it was definitely tied to my 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 big homie man, my brother, uh, Symbolic One. Um, you know, it started. It all started like in 2016, man. Um, you know, I just started on the idea on my actually on my YouTube channel, and uh, you know, some years later, whenever I connected with uh, Symbolic One, I was just sitting on the idea for a long time, kind of revamped it and sent it to him. And uh, yeah, man, out of the first batch of beats that i sent s1 man that was like one of the joints that he jumped on and it was right when he you know obviously started he went right in after the revival and, and you know got started on kamikaze like crazy yeah because i remember you saying that the, the beginnings of the the drum started on your youtube page yep. uh, back in was it 2016 2017 maybe 2016 yep and then it just obviously became just built up from there as well. So yeah, um, yeah. What I wanted to talk to you about discombobulated. What I wanted to talk to you about discombobulated because we never really covered that on like the last time we spoke, just because it was uh, the Kamikaze episode. So right, um, if you can just describe like how how that came about, um, how the the beat was, you know, just how 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 it all came about. Yeah, uh, man, crazy enough, I started that idea, I want to say, in, like, July of 2018. So, like, a month before Kamikaze came out. You know what I mean? Well, and um, and it's and it's actually crazy. Like, when I started on it, I was like, oh, man, this, this sounds like Marshall. Like, this shit is just, it's crazy. You know what I mean? And um, that's literally where it went. You know, I sent it out over to S. S did what he did. Um, you know, and we was and we was trying to catch. We were sending so many ideas at that time because it was like at the, like we said, just nearing the close of um, 
of kamikaze or whatever. So we was just sending like ideas like every day, man. Mm-hmm. And um, Marshall obviously was still eating, like he was still recording, and you know, getting just a lot of ideas done. So man, it's tons of records that Marshall Marshall got, man. But he definitely uh, picked that one, and um, yeah. that you know that set that idea set for like. A good little minute, man. Maybe like yeah, all the way to like twenty twenty. You know, I was kind of when he had rolled out the um the music to me murdered by, or you know, kind of alluded to. Well, nah, it wasn't even a surprise then. It was it was um when they rolled that out, it was like outright. You know, what I'm saying the first mm-hmm. music to be mur- murdered by, and uh, I was kind of like anxious. I was like, man, is it gonna be on this one? You know, I was. Uh, <laughs> You know, I was really, really excited, man. And then uh, when it came out, I was kind of disappointed it didn't happen. Yeah. But um, who who knew? Later on down that year, he he doubled back and and pulled that idea out and then blended it with um you know a record from Dre and then uh and the rest of the guys and then a, a record from um Black Beethoven, mm-hmm. and it turned into this uh you know this collage of just. It seems like all of the eras of Eminem, you know what I mean? <laughs> it just starts off with like the accent, and everyone's going, "Okay, he's, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's back, yeah, he's back with it." Uh, because that that was, you know, um, there's a mixed reaction about Eminem's accents nowadays. Yep. People do like it a lot, but then Eminem d- didn't really like it at the time, and still, I think he he said in a previous interview with Paul that. It went too far, but what what's your views on Eminem's accents on on this track and uh, relapse in general? Man, um, I mean the shit was just hilarious, dude. Like I loved it, you know what I'm saying? Like like old dude was saying earlier, man. I love every single era of uh, of M's style, man. Uh, even when he was just having fun, you know what I mean with the with the voice, you know the voices and stuff like that, man. Like I I've never been really disappointed in what he does you know what i mean he always does it to the highest of his you know to the highest level you know what Mm -hmm. i mean so i always had respect even when he was climbing around it's like you know at that point it's like what you know what else more could he do you know saying other than just have fun with it you know that's what it's all about these days he doesn't have to to prove anything nowadays yeah he's done everything like he's he obviously he's been quite busy this year as well with the you know, the Super Bowl at the start of the year. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, the greatest hits came out in August time. And then you've got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, like, yeah, it's crazy. You, you forget that, you know, he's, he's done just about everything, but then you forget about other little things that comes about, um, like like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know. So that, that'll be interesting. Right. And 8 Mile also hits 20 yep. years, I think it is, as well. So Yeah, so man. It's, it's, it's looking good as well for next year because there's... A lot of rumours, um, especially in the UK media, that you know potentially could be headlining Glastonbury next year as well. So that's mm. something to possibly get get excited about as well. But still, awesome. early days. Um, just uh, not don't want to keep you too long. So I've got uh, just another question, sure. um, just based on you know your own personal preference. If you had to choose, if you had to choose a favourite Eminem album. Um, what what would you choose and why? Man, uh, I'm gonna have to agree with with uh Lazarus, man. It, it has to be Marshall Mathers LP. 
you know, and because, like, man, it was just an amazing project. Like, I think that was, like, definitely during the start of the time when I was, like, creating music as well, you know, at the tender age of, like, man, when I was, like, maybe, like, 13, 14 at that time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just what he did on it, it inspired me so much. You know, it inspired me so much, man. It was like, dang, this is crazy. The beats from Dre was crazy. The, you know, the verses on there, you know, from Exhibit to Snoop to, yeah. you know, the features. Bro, it was unbelievable as well, yes. Bro, it was crazy. The way I am, like, that shit was huge, dude. Like, you know, yeah. I remember watching TRL and all that shit. Like, man, this video is nuts. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> It was a hell of an The shock experience. value was just, yeah, the shock value was something else. Like, I, I was like, possible age was, I nine or ten when it came out. So, you know, Man. at the time, it's hard to take it all in. But then when you get older and you listen to it again, you kind of go, holy fuck, that's, that's right. something else. <laughs> yeah, bro. It was, a, it was a cool experience, you know what I mean? And crazy enough, like, man, who would imagine, like, you know, some years long down the line, I would have the opportunity to work with him not not only once but twice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's exactly, nuts, man. dude. You know, and ho- hopefully more to come. I seen S One uh, on Instagram earlier, uh, just kind of putting all the the tracks that he helped produce, and then just right at the bottom, more more to come. But you you did say, oh uh, yeah, on, yeah, definitely, on definitely show here. that there's there is more in the vault. So. Yeah, yep. f- fingers crossed for it. Eh? Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> right, let's start. Thank you very much for joining us, and we will hear from you very soon, no doubt. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Definitely. Um, shout out to you guys. Definitely happy birthday to Marshall himself, man. Keep uh, you know, keep sharing his gift with the world, man, and keep blessing us, man, with this tremendous talent. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. thank you guys, and peace, y'all. Yeah, man. Take care. Cheers, bro. Yep. So, yep. Thank you very much to Lone Star as well. Uh, so, lads, we'll have his back on. I was, you know, opening kind of the first question. Um, so, uh, Jamie, if you can hear us, I just want to find out when you became an Eminem fan, what year it was, and, and how, how was it? Yeah, um, thinking back when I was... When I was at school, um, back in primary school, you'd, I'd always hear songs on the radio like "Without Me," um, sort of the the the, the radio played singles. But I, I'm like the guys. To be fair, I think the first album my mum let me get was "Kurt and Cool," and I played it for her. Well, I played it the first time in her car, and she went. She was like, oh, my God, the language this man is using. Oh, I can't, you're not listening to this. And then I made a deal with her. If I went back and, and learned all the songs and where the where the curse words were, if I was to turn it down in the car at that point, he was about to swear, then I could listen to it in the car. So I had to go back, recite it all. Your radio was never it on. Down. Hey? Your radio was never on then. <laughs> certain songs couldn't be played but um, no I think um, I also remember uh, watching the Way I Am music video um, I think that that song even to this day as I've got older I've like like you were just saying Dan when you get older you understand it more um, I appreciate the older stuff a lot more now but obviously when you're younger and 
you know, like I said, my mum was quite strict about what I could and couldn't listen to. Um, I didn't have that opportunity to go and buy these albums for the parental guidance reasons. Do you know what I mean? I, I, you know, when the Marshall Mavers come out, I would have been six. So yeah. to say to my mum, oh, can I go and buy an MMM album? She would be like, absolutely not. What do you think you're doing? But now that I'm older, obviously, from, from the curtain call onwards, to, to go back and listen to all them albums and to where we are now, I think that would probably be the starting point. Yeah, no, that is that is a good story. But yeah, it's, it's amazing like, how everyone's sort of different, you know, different age groups. You know, I was reading something uh, on Twitter, something, uh, on Twitter the other day and they only really got into Eminem, I think, just after Kamikaze as well. I was like, wow, like, even to this day, like, still getting... You know, a lot, of, a lot of fans. Um, as as late on as this, you know, um. So we'll have, you know, we'll have his all on anyway, lads. Like, you can un unmute your, your little mics, and we'll just get everyone on for a, a proper chat. Um. Yeah. So, awards wise, we're having a little look about how many awards Eminem's won, and yeah, there's quite a lot. There's seventeen Billboard awards, uh, sixteen EMAs, fifteen Grammys, thirteen VMAs. One Oscar, one Emmy. So yeah, it's quite a lot there. Is there any that you remember, lads? Any sort of award shows that you remember watching at the time, thinking, right, okay, he's he's going to win this. Is it the, the Brits? I used to watch him at the Brits a lot. I remember because mm. I think that was a thing in my household watching the Brit Awards. I know he's won a few of them, isn't he? Um, yeah, four four Brit Awards. Well, what's what's what what award show was it when he went went at Moby? I think that was that that was a funny time. That was the uh, I think it was MTV Awards. Yeah, he started cutting him out on the stage. Yeah, that, that's how that track "Without Me." Yeah, yeah, the one that I remember quite notably was that that same show, Jamie, that you were talking about, because at that moment in time. He'd had a run-in with Christina Aguilera, and she came up and then ended up giving out the award. That was the yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. he's sitting there, and he's just sitting there on the on this like, the chair, and he's not even moving for like a couple of seconds, and everyone's <laughs> standing up and clapping. He's just like, oh, I've got to go and accept this, and then he just kind of strolls up. So I always you know, remember. You know what one I, I I like as well. If I watch it now to this day, it still gives me chills. I'm sure it was. Um... The BET Awards when he come out uh, with Buster Rhymes, obviously he'd gone off the face of the earth, hadn't he? And then mm. he he come out for the the Touch It remix, and after two thousand six, yes, yeah, that was it. And when you just see everyone in the line and they're looking up to the to the screen, obviously he's, he's underground at the time, and he and the platform comes up, it's like who who is it? No one can make out who it is, and then. Just the, the the white boy pops up from the stage, and then everyone just goes mad. Yeah, that gives me goosebumps when I see that. I know, yeah. So the, yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of notable awards back in the day. Um, the one, obviously, the most notable one was the Oscars, but you know he never appeared for that because he just didn't think he would win it. To be fair, mm. so it was I think it was Louis Resto that ended up going up to collect it. I think our pure comedic effect. We have to we have to sort of say the one with um Salabachi Cohen where he where he's Bruno <laughs> landed yeah. on him just as a angel was it yeah. ass in his face that's right that is right what year was that it was just after two thousand eleven wasn't it 
That was, off, that was after relapse, wasn't it? Yeah, it was after recovery. It was press, press uh, run for recovery, I think. Yeah, everyone thought he was really pissed off of it, but then it was like it turned out just to be a stunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember them. Right, so we'll talk about the eight-mile anniversary that is coming up in November. Um, so I believe there is Xavier of doing an exclusive. Um, so I don't know if any of you guys know about that. Um, no, I don't think I do. Is, is, is that the thing we were speaking about the other day, about the, the collector's items? I'll yeah. definitely be buying that. One hundred percent, I'm buying that. Absolutely need to uh, need to get that. There's a lot coming in there as well, like posters, photo cards. Yeah, I'm all over that. Yeah, so anyone that's interested, um, it is available on Xavi. So you don't necessarily have to come from the UK or Ireland for that. Um, I believe they do have uh, a site in America as well. So yeah, it's twentieth anniversary of Eight Mile, and you also get uh, some postcards. I think you'll get the 4K HD option and the Blu-ray as well, so you will end up getting uh, two two from that as well. Um, so, yeah, lads, I'm just going to speak about, quickly, a show that we've done uh, quite recently. Um, it was about Kamikaze, um, although we never had Jamie on uh, for that show. So, Jamie, just briefly, I just want a, a quick chat what was your view on Kamikaze when it came out in 2018? So when that came out, I remember it so clearly because I was I had to go to the hospital that morning and I think the week before my Apple Music subscription had run out or something or I, I stopped paying for it, I couldn't be bothered anymore. And I saw um, I saw a tweet, that the tweet that he said when he said, I'll try not to overthink this one. And I, I thought... Um, I thought it was a album that he produced or something. I was like, I couldn't because I'd just woken up. I was like, I can't. What, what's this? So I went on Apple Music, and then it was just it, it only gave me the previews because I didn't have it at the time. So I was like, shit, shit, shit. Redownload, resubscribe right now. And the whole way to the to the hospital, I was just listen. I, I think I put the ringer on repeat about five times, and um, no, like. Normal is one of my favourite songs on that album. I like lo- I like the way that the the beat changes. Um, I just I think it's a great album to to come back. Um, you get you know the, the the rage back. Greatest that's a great song. Fall. Um, yeah, man, I love I love Kamikaze. Venom Venom's a great song. It's just a great album to be honest with you. Yeah, excellent. No, too late because. Yeah, at the time it was just total shock value when it when it came out as well because it was you know, Eminem's first um, surprise surprise drop. So we'll leave Kamikaze and we'll go down to Revival. Blake, what is your your overall view on Revival as an album? Overhated, and I, 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 I agree and, with that. And, yeah. I know it's going to cause a lot of aggro to Pre- some people Pre- listening, but it's one of them. It's the it's the album, it's the content that people were asking for for years and years and years, and then he gives you that content. I understand it was more from the American fan base, the UK fan base, from what I can gather, especially talking to you lads on the show and you know behind the scenes. You know, in the UK it was quite well received, whereas obviously in the America you had the BET cipher. Um, you had his whole thing with Donald Trump and stuff like that, and him basically cutting his fan base in half. And so, from that point, 
I get why some people don't like it, but I definitely think it was overhated. Uh, I didn't mind the features. I thought the features were quite good, um, especially chart-wise. They they did quite well. Um, I, I, I quite enjoyed the production of it. I mean, it was a bit too political for, for me, but that's mainly because I'm not American. I don't really get some of the politics side of it because it's not my place to really understand it. But as an album, it's definitely not one of the best, but it's definitely not the worst album he's done. That that, that That's why I've always said it's always overhated. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, yeah. It certainly has this sort of view, uh, especially online, that it's like it's a terrible, terrible album, but it's, it's, it's not a terrible album. Like, it's you know, it's mature content. It's what people ask for, but then as mm-hmm. soon as he gives you mature content, it's, oh, he's he's too... He's, he's just being too angry or uh, yeah. he, he needs to go back to how he was. And th- this is why I always send people that one clip out of the interview he did. People ask for mature Eminem. He, he does mature Eminem. People don't like it. They want old Eminem. As soon as he does old Eminem, he's too immature. So he, it's one of them albums. He was never going to win with it. Nah, nah, too right, too right. Um, right, so we'll go from that album to the Marshall Manners LP2. And Ross, uh, just want your overall view on that as an album and if you enjoyed uh, the Rick Rubin production. I actually, I'll tell you what, uh, Marshall Mathers LP2 is like one of my favourite songs he's done and that's Rhyme or Reason and Evil Twin actually. Both of those are like probably my favourites. Um, I really enjoyed it. Again, that came a lot with a lot of, a lot of um, Call of Duty promo for Ghosts at the time. So it was everywhere. Um, so that was one thing I really enjoyed. But yeah, overall I really enjoyed the album. It was really good. Excellent. And then Blake go from there to relapse but i know that you are you're not into it as much as jamie and me is but jamie and me is but what what was your view in relapse even though obviously i'm not as big into it as you because i'm i'm more of a recovery boy do you know what i mean like recovery is more my album but relapse as an album it's still very good like it's got funny content it's got funny skits um you know, it's got it's got deep songs on there like "Beautiful." Um, it's got songs where he just proves why he's a fantastic lyricist. Like I say, it's not it's not one of my favorites, but I definitely wouldn't say it's it's yeah. bad. Well, speaking about one of your favorites, "Recovery," what your your opinion on that as an album, and where where do you rank it as opposed to you know the, the discography? Well, for me, recovery is always going to be number one. Um, <clears throat> just because that time period, that was when I was really, really getting into Eminem. Obviously, because I was still quite young at that time, um, it was one of those relapse came out. I was sort of getting, because I, I was still more learning about old school Eminem, you know, like the Marshmallows LP days, Slim Shady LP. Um, underground, you know, battle rap and stuff like that. And then when Recovery came out, mate, I loved it. Like, say, the the opening track, Cold Wind Blows, is fantastic. Spacebound is crazily underrated. Um, Like, even the main promo track, Not Afraid, it it was all, to me, it was just extremely well produced. It was extremely well put together. And 
because of the time it came out, it's the album which sticks with me the most. So that's why it's always going to be my favorite. But as as an album in his discography, I'd say if if it's not in people's top five to top three, I don't know. It's if if it's outside of that, I'd I'd be a little bit skeptical of him. It's got a very strong uh, features list as well. From right to saying, so it's Rihanna, Lil Wayne, Pink, and there's probably someone else I've definitely forgotten, but I know that. I only can remember those three from from Toby. Toby as Kobe, well. Kobe, yeah, talking to myself. Yeah, that's right. But so it, it it was good as well how relapse and recovery. He did want to make it a tribute to proof as well. It's also mm-hmm. about his drug addiction. You know, he was at that point. Now he's getting past it, and he can move on. So I just think it was it was a great concept. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely well done. That era was really entertaining as well. That whole two thousand nine. 2010 was just it was good to see him back uh, in the limelight as well um, Jamie will go even further back uh, to Encore um, if, just to find out what your favourite tracks are if any from Encore I think um, I think Encore is a very good album like, like I've said previously if you if we was going to get the Encore that he wanted to release like he said in the double XL um version he's just done with um where, where the the songs leaked and he had to put them on the bonus tracks we as americans is one of my favorite songs um never enough with um nate dog and 50 cent uh you got mosh that's a great song as well as one like toy soldiers i've always said encore has got the biggest sort of albums of hits yeah. hits of m&ms yeah but then you've got a few songs on there like big weenie and my first single, uh, I, I don't even mind. I don't mind Rain Man. Pukes a bit. That's uh, one of them. Um, but Yellow Brick Road, I think, is another great song. I think Encore's a very strong album, bar the fact it's got some very bad songs on it. And obviously, we now know the reasons he's got them songs are on there because he had to just to, to flush them out. He had to. He was just writing, writing, writing because of all the drugs that he was on. And the songs that he wanted to put on there were leaked, so he couldn't put them on there, put them on the bonus disc, and that's why we ended up with the version that we did. Yeah, what what I would like to see uh, in the future, I think Encore will hit 20 years in two years' time, I think, maybe 2024. So someone said this on Twitter a couple of weeks back, that he should do his own version of how Encore was intended. So I think from the... The interview that he done recently said that I think it was on Double XL. Bully was supposed to be the opening track uh, for that album, so it would actually be really interesting uh, to see, you know, that standpoint track list and and the tracks that maybe don't make it, uh, such as my first single, as well. So I think that's a, that's a great idea. To be fair, I think that that that'd be a that'd be a great thing to do. Um, but also. Where I'm going with this, you know, like he did with the the Eminem show when he done the uh, the live performances. I I also like the fact that he done them. I'd love to see if he'd put any more live performances on on that anniversary one as well. Yeah, I think that like, even with the the most recent the Eminem show extended edition, if I'm right in saying they've still not announced uh, a physical format of that. 
I would really like to see that uh, happen very soon as well. And that is the album that we're going to talk about as well. Uh, it's my favourite album and quite a lot of, of, of people that are listening's favourite album as well. Um, so, yeah, the Eminem Show, probably favourite track from the album is probably Say Goodbye Hollywood. But I think the strongest song from the album is either Sing for the Moment or, or Till I Collapse. Uh, Ross, what is your favourite tracks on this album? Well, that's really tricky because there's a lot of a lot of like really good bangers on there. I really like business. Um, yeah, say goodbye to Hollywood is up there. Um, I don't know. It's so tricky. Superman as well. Superman's a bit of a classic. Like, I, I absolutely love the vocals on that as well. And obviously the the obvious factor being it's a bit of a dig. But yeah, I don't know. It's a really tricky one because that album for me is, is good all over. But if you were to ask me what my favourite is, I just couldn't narrow it down. They're all quite on par. Yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely. It is one of those Eminem albums where any song could be your favourite song. The album is that good. And even Superman, I think, Blake, Superman has gone, what, possibly viral on TikTok, so it's getting, you know, close to a million streams a day. But, Do you know what? It, it's pissing me off as well, that TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got to say, it, it, it's getting on my nerves because this is how people are... I mean, I'm happy people are discovering Eminem, but I kid you not, I saw a tweet and it was earlier today, right? And there's a sped up version of um, the last bit of Mockingbird where he oh. sings, and Daddy's gonna buy you a mark, that bit, right? And someone goes, I went and downloaded the song. I'm quite disappointed that it's not how it's actually supposed to sound. I beg your God. pardon. What? <laughs> yeah, TikTok is probably gonna ruin music. It might do well for a few weeks when certain tracks go viral on it, but. Uh, in the long run, um, it could it could obliterate and ruin the music industry. <laughs> so hopefully, um, if there's another one that goes viral and it's an Eminem track, please make it something else and and not a sped up version anyway. Um, Jamie, yourself, the Eminem show. If you had to pick, I'll give you two two favorite songs from yourself. What would what would they be? Mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go a different route here. I'm gonna go Haley's song and my dad's gone crazy. They'd be my uh, two they'd be like my that. two favourite. No, I like that. I like that a lot. Um so from that album before we're going almost the backwards the way the way I'm doing this. Um so the Marshall Mathers LP, uh, which um Lazarus and Lone Star were saying that that is their their favourite album by Eminem. Um Ross in terms of the, the album itself um, it's obviously regarded as one of one of Eminem's best albums. Um, what tracks stand out for you on that? Like straight off the bat, Marshall Mathers is like at the top. Um, that's just like if you were to like someone to go, oh, who's Eminem? Play that song. Like that's the best way to describe it. There's there's quite a few on that album that that really sit with me. Um, but again, Marshall Mathers is at the top. Um, I'm just sort of trying to bear in mind that there's quite a few on there. Stan. That's a very good one, obviously, with Dido from the UK. So that's a good one. The Way yeah. I Am as well. We talked about that earlier. Um, you've got lots to make. I'm back as well. Oh, this is the thing with Eminem. It's so mood dependent. Because I can yeah. go back and be like, oh, I really want to listen to this song today. And another one will come on shuffle. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not feeling that. But <laughs> he's just got a catalogue on every album that just sort of fits every need. So, yeah, probably Marshall Mathers is my favourite, though. Yeah, I think the only song that I don't really play... Nowadays is probably Kim, just because of how 
how I wonder what how mental <laughs> it is. How crazy it is, you know what I mean? Like, that's I'll blast that song me. down the road. I'll See put it on the speakers and blast it. <laughs> <laughs> See, when that came out, I was, I think, nine or ten years old. And any time the song would come on, I would skip it because I was terrified of it. Like It took me like until I was maybe 11, 12, 13 before I could kind of listen to it. I was like, what is this? What it is, is this scarier than, it is like scarier a, than a any movie ever made. <laughs> It was scarier uh, than any movie ever ever made. So, from yourself, Jamie, what tracks um, are standouts for you on the album? Oh man, I, I love "I'm Back." "I'm Back" is probably one of my favourite Eminem songs. Marshall Mathers, "The Way I Am," the whole album, man, it's just under the influence drug ballad. It's just all bangers after bangers. Bitch, please, too. Who knew? Like, it's just. Kill you? How how not uh, someone said kill you yet? And I was just see, a little baby boy. My mama used to tell me these crazy <laughs> things. Oh, it's see the, the guitar riff, the guitar riff from I'm Back. It's yeah, just something else. Yeah, the it's just so well done. I'd love him to open shows with that again. I really would love to see him perform that live because that is the one thing that I would. Not critique, but critique's not the the right word. I would change, I would change the way he he does his set lists because this is going completely off topic, by the way. But from when I first saw him in two thousand and eleven to when I last saw him in two thousand and eighteen at Twickenham, the it's not that much different the set list. I'd love him yeah. just to switch it up a bit, do you know what I mean? And do songs that he's never performed or that he doesn't perform as much. I know obviously you've got to put in this, the, the, the hits, do you know what I mean? Like you've got to do the Not A Phrase, Lose Yourself, Without Me, Stan, Love The Way You Lie. You've got to do all of them, Rap God. But I'd love him to filter in a few songs that he hasn't necessarily performed as much of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely think that I'm Back should be you know, a song that he could start with if it's just say that he was to do Glastonbury. Could you imagine that guitar riff coming, oh, out, mate, coming out? I'd, I'd, I'd pass out. I'd, I'd pass out there. <laughs> so we'll move on from that classic album to another and the mainstream debut that was the Slim Shady LP. Um, so, uh, Blake, uh, how do you watch your views on that album and do you have any favourite tracks from it? Um. Well, obviously, it, it kick-started all, really, doesn't it? Um, I mean, it, it was just... The, the wow factor it must have had when it... Obviously, because I wasn't alive at that time, which it makes me want to cry, to be honest, but <laughs> um, it's one of those where you, you, you can't fault the album. I mean, you, you've heard my terrible Ken Kniff impression, do you know what I mean? So... Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's one of those. I mean, you've got my fault. You've got coming everybody rock bottom. Uh, obviously, the big biggest one. He, you could argue he's done. Um, my name is. You've got guilty conscience. Oh, mate, it it doesn't stop. Do you know what I mean? It's like <clears throat> it's one of those albums where you 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 can understand why people say it's in the top three. Um, do you know what I mean? Like. Like Dr. Dre working on it, yeah, go, it, go, it's, it's just fantastic. No, absolutely. So that and, and the amount of times I've lost my voice recreating that skit, mate, it's unbelievable. Well, what the next show? Well, the next show is a diss tracks, to be fair. But yeah, we're, we're going to get you to do the Ken Kniff 
skit uh, in the future, absolutely. Um, so back from the Slim Shady LP to the, the debut, which was Infinite, um, that of course never really made much of an impact. Um, it wasn't until um, he was writing tracks for the Slim Shady EP uh, that he got Dr. Dre's attention and then of course the rest is history. Um, but out of the three of these lads, um, I'll start with Jamie. I don't know if you're big into the Infinite album, but if you are, um, do you have a, a particular favourite track from from that album? I'm not. I'm not massive into the album. To be fair, I've I've listened to obviously the song Infinite. I think the song Infinite is 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 a ten out of ten song. It's obviously it's a different style, um, but you can you can see from back then the the quality that he had, as in putting words together and putting a song together obviously his style then changed up to you know the the slim shady era but i think i still play infinite now the the song in my car and i was looking to uh like i think you sent it down the other day about you can buy buy the copies or something i was looking to do that to try and get it and listen to it uh fully house of wax yeah I've, I've used them a few times and like obviously they're not Official, but like the they are bootleg options and they are really good. So yeah, yeah, I, I think I'll give that one a shout to see what is it, what that's like. Yeah, definitely recommend using them. Um, but so yeah, that's that's us. So I just quickly went through the albums that he's released. Um, you can't forget gonna... Maxine, mate. You can't forget Maxine. I, I'm I'm not letting you slide without forgetting about Maxine. Maxine. That album, Maxine. <laughs> Maxine needs a vaccine, and then. 22 years later, she probably needed one because of the, the virus. <laughs> it's one of those as well, like, you, you can tell the the leap he made from Soul Intent to his Infinite album. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, the tracks yeah. that he did around the Soul Intent time, obviously, not a lot of people know much about it, but, like, the, the, just how he changed all up just to improve himself was phenomenal. Yeah, no, it was, it was interesting, like, when you go back and, and listen to it, like, you can... You can see him progressing, and then when you listen to the Slim Shady EP, you can see him even getting better. And then, of course, that got the attention of Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, and then the rest, as I say, is history. Um, right, lads, we're going to talk about uh, some rumours in the UK media. Uh, the Daily Mail have reported that a potential uh, headline act could be him for Glastonbury. Uh, the Sun has also said it as well. Um, a lot of people are very quick to reject these sort of rumours, but I mean, as much as I've said in the past, the Daily Mail and The Sun, not the best media outlets in the world. Not the best, mate. No, not the, the best but, of trust. But when they they do usually talk about UK festival lineups, they, they're usually thereabouts. They might not be bang on the money, but, you know, there'll be some sort of... of Circumstance for it. Yeah. So, Jamie, ask yourself: uh, Glastonbury, twenty twenty three, Eminem, Willie headline, yes or no? I'm going to say, I'm going to say no, only because the Sun have reported it, and I remember back in the day, the Sun reported that he was going to be a judge on X Factor, and that never come to fruition. So. No, I don't agree. I don't believe a thing the sun says. I hope so. Listen, I hope so. But in myself, I, I don't think it'll be next year. I think he'll do Glastonbury, but I don't think he'll be next year. 
Okay. And the same question to Ross. Twenty twenty three Glastonbury, yes or no? Um I to, to tell you what, I don't really catch like keep like, up to date with festivals and stuff like that, but I know that uh, Glastonbury tickets go on sale in November and there's a lot of people suggesting on online that Eminem might be dropping an album in November, along with the fact that the Call of Duty logo was spotted in this music video or whatever. There's lots of hints pointing out something happening and I wouldn't be surprised if he's gonna do any festival next year it's probably going to be Glastonbury. So I, and I know full well if he's going, I'm going. And I will. I don't care how much I have to pay for I'm it. Going for well. I'm, I'm going as well. I don't care. I'll sell going. my car. I'll sell my child. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, as I said, it's, you need to take some of these media outlets with a, a pinch of salt. So I think the lineups probably do get announced towards the end of the year. So... You know, we might we might find out uh, before Christmas time um, if if that is going to happen. Um, so right, we're going to try and get some people on. We've had our two special guests, um, Lazarus and Lone Star Music. So thank you very much to them uh, for joining us earlier on. Uh, this is uh, just a special Eminem uh, show for Eminem's fiftieth. So if anyone is wanting to jump on and have a quick chat. Uh, we, we are on Twitter so if you are maybe listening on YouTube um, log over to, to Twitter and try and tune in and request to speak um, but before we do that um, Ross I just want to yeah, anything you want to talk about M&M related you said there was something you said the other day on the group chat uh, about other artists doing it at his, at his age or other people that have been doing it at his age yeah, I was, I was just thinking, like, you obviously you mentioned Paul McCartney is like in his 80s. Um, and I, I just don't think like there is really a, a stopping sort of moment and, a, and, a, and an age to retire in rap music. I feel like as long as it's coming out of you and you're still doing it to a, a standard that's like perceived as, you know, like credible and, and good, then he's, he's still, still can put out music. Like you said, I'd like to see him going in his 60s as well. Like, it wouldn't phase me. I'm not going to find it any different. I've seen. Completely off topic, and it's a little bit random. We all know it's a joke, but Pete and Baz, I don't know if any of you guys have heard of them. Pete the and Baz, come they on. are in their 70s and, and rapping over drill beats. So if they can do it, I'm sure Eminem, who's been doing it for the last 20 plus years, is more than capable of continuing to make music. Like you've got Snoop Dogg, like Tech Nine, they're all well into the, getting into their middle age yeah, now, yeah. and they're still, they're still kicking it. Like you heard Snoop Dogg on, on uh, like the DCLBC, he was going nuts. I've not heard anything like that out of Snoop before. And that's like 30, probably 30 years now into his career. It's, it's, it's mad. So yeah. I really hope he doesn't stop anytime soon. Do right. right, we, uh, we have someone that wants to join us, so we're just going to connect to him. Um, a fellow uh, Brit from the UK, it looks like as well, Curtis. Um, yeah, so just tune in and see if we can listen to this. Can you hear us, Curtis? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, how are you doing, mate? I'm all good. How are you guys? Very good, very good. Do you have any questions or any topics you would like to discuss? No, I'm just pretty much here, you know, obviously to celebrate, obviously, the legacy of Eminem as much as anyone else is, mate. What is your favourite album, if you had to choose? Oh, God, now we're talking. Um, <laughs> I would probably say, I would say at the moment, I've been listening to um, the Marshall, Mother, Marshall Mathers LP number two. Yep. Very good album at the moment. So how long have you been a fan of Eminem for? Well, I started listening to Eminem back in late 2017 and 
pretty much from there, I've just loved every bit of his music. Have you ever seen him live? I saw him live back in, I think it was 2018, where he came to London. Uh-huh. And obviously, it was a very, uh, not like at the very front of the crowd, but it was near the back, but it was a very amazing experience. Oh, excellent, excellent. Well, now listen, thanks for coming on and joining us and stay, stay tuned because we'll be uh, continuing for the next uh, couple of minutes anyway. So thanks, Curtis. Uh, and you, mate. So we'll have another person, Michelle, um, if she's able to connect as well. Hello. Hi. We have a fellow Scott, if I'm right. Hi, Ash. <laughs> uh, what's your, what's your favourite Eminem album? Um, it's the Eminem show, definitely Eminem show, because um, it takes me back to Hamden for the very first time that I saw him live. Um, mm-hmm. My brother and my sister were up in the VIP and... Just, just actual, actual see him on stage for the first time is phenomenal, absolute phenomenal. And the, the Ferris wheel thing was amazing, honestly. The, the best. I've seen him five times, but when, uh, Hamden's got to be the best, the best concert that I've been to. So Hamden, yeah. Hamden would have been what? 2003, 2002? 2003. 2003. Oh my God! Yeah, so yeah it... see, obviously we were quite high up, but. Even if they come on the Ferris wheel, honestly, I was actually crying. <laughs> I was actually crying because I just started listening to Eminem about 2002. But my brother, he got me into Eminem, but sadly, my brother passed away um, a couple of months ago, and I still listen to him for like, mm. to live my, my like, legacy to live on, kind of thing. And obviously, yeah, just, right. just um, right. being at that concert and actually seeing him on stage for the first time was phenomenal. But I, I saw him at Wembley as well. Wembley was good as well in Twickenham. Mm. But I've been to Bellhouston Park twice to see him. But but the yeah. but Hamden's got to be the best concert ever, definitely. Nah. Definitely. Excellent, excellent, superb. Right, well, thank right, you very, much, very for that. much. And we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Cheers. Bye bye. So yeah, lads. We'll even as Michelle was saying about live shows, we'll, we'll get on to the subject of that. Um, so. Out of the three of you, we'll start with Jamie. Have you seen him live before? If so, uh, whereabouts? Yes, so I've seen him four times. So I went um, V Festival 2011, the first time, um, Reading Festival 2013, Wembley 2014, um, Twickenham 2018. So yeah, the, the the first time, like like Michelle was just saying, the first the first time I saw him live, it was such a such a surreal moment because I say I was saying to my mum when the relapse album came out, I was like, oh, this is on. She said to me, "Have you got a bucket list? What you want to do in your life?" And I said, "No word of lie, mum. Top of my list. I need to see this man live. I need to see him live." Mm-hmm. Um, and I had bought a ticket for V Festival. I had two tickets. And basically, I needed somebody to drive me up there because um, I wasn't driving at the time. So I gave just a, a girl that I knew from the area that I lived. I didn't know her well. I gave her the ticket to drive me up there. So we drove to Chelmsford from where I lived early in the morning. I stood in the front of the, at the front of the main stage for 12 hours just to stay at the front to see him live. And, yeah, man, that was uh, the most surreal moment seeing him live for the first time it was incredible yeah. uh, Ross what about yourself have you seen him live 
I tried to. I went to um. I bought a, a ticket, like a ticket online, like a someone was reselling it because they couldn't go. So I paid stupid amount of money. Um, I think it was near enough, like nearly two hundred pounds. But I was only like fifteen, sixteen. So I met my friend who lives up in London. Um, we went headed over to Wembley. I was stuck pretty much right at the right at the back. Um, and there were sound issues. I don't know if you guys knew that on one of the nights there was like yeah. issues with like the sound traveling through the stadium. So. And literally, we were there. I could barely hear anything. I couldn't see anything because I'm really short. Um, and then I basically I was gutted. I was like absolutely just like just traumatized by the fact that I couldn't go. I couldn't get a proper good sight. But I am planning on making sure I see him again, even if it like turns out that in a year's time or two years' time that he's going to go to Rolling Loud or whatever. I will save up the money and I will go. It will happen. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Like if if it does uh, return to the UK. All the guys that do this show, yeah, we definitely need to need to go down, uh, go to it, and even probably do a show, um, do like a pre-show, and um, before it as well. And um, Blake, what about yourself? Have you ever seen him before? Uh, I'm in the same issue as Ross, mate. It's been multiple times. I was meant to go see him when he did Wembley, uh, but that fell through. Uh, I was meant to go see him at Leeds. Car issue. So never made it to Leeds. Mm-hmm. Um and then I was meant to go to the Twickenham, uh, but I made the mistake of trying to buy a ticket off someone, got completely scammed. So yeah. <clears throat> I have had chances but I've just never actually had the opportunity yet. But obviously, yeah, no, obviously, obviously like like you've just said, if if the opportunity does come up in the UK, not as that how much it costs me, we have to go. Definitely, definitely. So, yeah, I've seen him four times. Uh, first time was 2010 at Tina Park. And then the second time was Glasgow, Belhurston Park, 2013. Uh, same scenario as well. In 2017, it was the same venue. And then I went down to see him uh, at Twickenham in London on 2018 as well. So, yeah, four times. Hopefully, there will be a fifth and final um, or even more uh, in the future. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed that he does, he does tour again. Um, so yeah, lads, we'll start to to wrap up the show. Uh, it's been a good hour we've been on for, and yeah, thanks to Lone Star Music for tuning in and talking to us, and thanks to Lazarus as well. Uh, also thanks to EPro uh, for you know the help uh, with getting it streaming on their YouTube channel as well. So yeah, guys, we'll leave that there. Ross, Blake, Jamie. Thank you very much for joining us. And for those um, that have maybe never heard of us before, uh, we are called The Mainly M&M Show and we are available on all good streaming platforms, Apple Music, Spotify and Amazon Music. So, yeah, we've got five episodes uh, that we've done over the last couple of weeks and months. Uh, So tune into that and there'll be more to come. We'll be having an episode dedicated to the diss tracks uh, that Eminem has made throughout the years. Uh, so, you know, Quitter, I Remember, Hail Mary, Killshot, you know, there's going to be a lot, a lot of discussion. The Oh, the warning. <laughs> Mariah, Mariah. So, yeah, there's plenty uh, episodes to come in the future. There'll also be plenty of uh, streamings through EPRO as well. So, yep, lads, thank you very much for joining us and thank Cheers, you man. everyone uh, that's tuned in and we will see you all soon.